You are listening to a Big MX Radio podcast, brought to you by Fly Racing, presented by W Wheels, X-Brand Goggles, Tech One Designs, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, TransCanada Motorsports, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Westside Honda, Roy Borton Suspension Systems, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Motocross and Supercross news from around the globe. We're not experts, but we've got a microphone. Check us out on the web at www.bigmxradio.com. And now, here's your host, Brad Gebhardt. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Show, brought to you by W Wheels, X-Brand Goggles, and Fly Racing USA. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and with me on the line, just one helmets, John Cluter. John, how's it going? So far, so good. Must be a, a pretty uh, light atmosphere after uh, the big podium performance. Yeah, everybody's stoked. Yeah, that was a great showing. You know, I I don't know if we call it a premonition, but I mean, with the success he's had at that track in the past on the 250, I thought he had a shot at doing something pretty good uh, last weekend. So I was glad to see that that happened. And, you know, I think that that's, that's really telling on how he's going to do when, when the AMA Outdoor Series starts in May. So, I agree. Yeah, we're, we're pretty stoked about, uh, you know, the longer, bigger tracks and uh, how he's going to do. I mean, he earned the nickname, the Chup- you know, the El Chupacabra. I can't even say El it. Chupacabra. The El Chupacabra. Yeah. Uh, he earned that, uh, you know, because in the past, you know, his starts have, have kind of been uh, suspect. So he had to work his way through the pack and kind of claw his way to the front. And he's done a phenomenal job of that. Even, you know, even on these shorter uh, indoor tracks, it's a lot harder to do, you know, when you only weigh 135 pounds, uh-huh. it's really mean him a bike, but he's, he's managed to do it. So yeah, we're stoked. Uh, I, I, I imagine you guys would be like, uh, I think, um, some say there's a, there's a bit of pressure on, on, uh, Blake because of the fact that James isn't there, but I think there's a, a fair bit of pressure off of him. The fact that, uh, and it's probably not for a good reason is it's that a lot of people kind of wrote him off as far as Supercross goes because he's never really excelled in Supercross. And uh, so they're kind of just like wait and see attitude. So he was allowed to just kind of go and do his thing. And now he's working with, uh, with RJ. So uh, yeah. 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 You know, I, it, it's hard to underestimate uh, or even quantify quite frankly, what, what Ricky Johnson's brought oh. to the table. I think yeah. if anything, um, you know, Ricky brings an attitude and, uh, you know, Blake's such a quiet guy and he's just not that, you know, he's just not that, that guy that's, that's going to draw a lot of attention to himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I think, you know, especially in the supercross environment, maybe, you know, the guy that's, you know, willing to let it all hang out and, and be a little bit more vocal. More flashy. Is, is the guy that is probably ride with that attitude. And, you know, I think that he, uh, you know, he's always had a, he's caught a bad rap, you know. You know, on, the, on, on Mitch Payton's team, you know, there's six, you know, six guys, three per, you know, three for the West Coast, three for the East Coast. And, you know, you've got, uh, you, you've got guys that specialize in different things. And, you know, with, with that crew, he was, he was basically their outdoor guy. And, um, you know, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't call him a liability. 
um, you know, on Supercross, but maybe that's unfortunately what other people kind of viewed in that because there were, you know, they had a stable full of racehorses at, at Pro Circuit. And, you know, now I think the fact that he's being able to um, kind of maybe use this year to learn, you know, to, to really learn the bike, to learn the big yeah. bike, I I think the fact that that he is the guy at at Yosh right now uh, is you know has a little bit more to do with his success than than anything else. I mean, he really he's the face of the brand, and sure. you know I think you know he's uh, he's earned it. You know he's you know the first couple first couple races he was kind of feeling his way, but man, you know what? I think it's eight. Eight of the eleven races, he's finished in the top ten, and in the last three weeks, he's finished uh, every race in the in the top five. So, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to say that uh, you know that he's not a Supercross guy anymore, especially you know as a rookie on the big bike. I mean, good grief, he's he's having a great run, and uh, you know, it seems like every time you watch the broadcast, they're talking about him and. It wasn't like that at the beginning of the year. So I think he's made steady progress, and he's very humble, and he's just a good guy, and he's got good family around him. He's, he's well-grounded, and, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, if he continues to stay healthy, he's going to have a phenomenal year. I really believe that, and we're – just absolutely excited about what's going to happen outdoor. Before we introduce uh, Just One, the brand, uh, please introduce yourself to uh, to my listeners and illustrate sure. uh, how you arrived at your current position uh, with Just One and uh, H&H. Sure. All right. So uh, long and the short of it is I, I've been uh, in the power sports industry for 18 years on and off. And I started with another brand in the United States and saw that brand is a more affordable brand. Uh, it's a brand that most people don't necessarily associate with, with Supercross or, or anything. But, you know, we, I worked for a brand called Fulmer Helmets, which is uh, one of the oldest U.S.-owned, uh, still continually U.S.-owned brands in, uh, uh, in, in uh, it's, I think it was 1969 is when they launched the brand. So they've been around continuously owned by the same family for what, 45, 46 years. And, uh, they, they, at, you know, when I started there back in the mid to late nineties, uh, things weren't going very well, but we had, uh, a pretty incredible uh, run there for about 10 years that I spent there where we grew from, a very, very small number of units sold to being the number one selling, you know, price point helmet in the, in the United States. So I uh, left there and uh, left the industry because I was just traveling constantly. I had two little kids and uh, wife, you know, wife needed me to be home a little more. So I, I you know, I had some other passions and I started a, uh, a business with a buddy of mine, a, a guitar uh, retail shop. So from there, uh, we, we grew that into a multi-million dollar business and had the chance to sell it. So uh, about five years ago, uh, a friend of mine who actually uh, helped turn Fox, you know, into what Fox has become, uh, gave me a call and said, hey, I'm, I'm here at uh, H&H Sports Protection and we're looking for a national sales manager for one of our brands. So 
I said, hey, I'm never moving to Los Angeles. I'll stay out of the Kansas I live in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm smack dab in the middle of the U.S. and I could travel, you know, to either coast in about three hours by plane. Perfect. So it makes, you know, it makes good sense for me to be located where I'm at. And plus, I, you know, I'm in L.A. all the time. I don't like living there, it's, but I practically do already. Yeah, no so, um, so, so I started there and from, uh, you know, from day one, uh, we, we, we really started to make inroads and we have a street helmet brand called Torque and it's got a lot of Bluetooth integrated products, it's got some really, really neat stuff in it. And, and, you know, uh, some, some great things that, 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 uh, dealers love. And, uh, from there we had, you know, a ton of success initially and they promoted me to the director of sales and, you know, our company as you mentioned, H&H Sports Protection is actually a global company. We have offices in North America, offices in Sao Paulo, Brazil, uh, offices in Italy, and then mainland China in uh, Shanghai. And we have our own brands worldwide. So in addition to that, we also own our factories. That's what makes us probably more unique than a lot of our direct competitors that, that just one would have. We actually own our factories. We have our own employees. We do all of our own design work. We have our own machine shop. All of the, you know, even the decals come from our facility. So we do a lot of things that a lot of other factory or brands uh, don't do. We actually build product for a lot of, you know, other brands. So they promoted me into a role where I was basically overseeing our our dealer brands as well as what we call our OEM division, which means all of the original equipment that we built for other brands, high profile brands, um, some supercross brands. So it, it's it's been a lot of fun to 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 kind of do that. So for about two years, I I did all you know I kind of directed traffic so to speak in, in the U.S. and tried to make sure that all the buses run on time and. Um, and lo and behold, we, we absorbed uh, a brand, an Italian brand, uh, into our Italian office, and we brought on the brand founder as the general manager. His name is Tony Moriello, okay. and that was a couple of years ago. So Tony uh, spent uh, about 15 years as the, the general manager of TM Racing, so he had a lot of, you know, a lot of experience in in outdoor motocross in Europe. Before that, he was an MXGP uh, pro rider and then a team manager. So when Tony left TM, he had this idea that he wanted to start his own motorcycle helmet brand. Right. And and uh, so that's kind of how Just One was born. And you know what Tony found is that you know it's it's, you know, it's great to to live in Italy and to have incredible research and development at your fingertips and, and cool design work. And it's a whole lot different to have to source product to have to have, you know, some third parties, you know, basically in all different parts of the world, uh, build all these different separate components. And then, you know, in one location, you do all of the assembly. And if that's not your forte, it's, it's a challenge. And, you know, what, what Tony found is especially with all the, the you know, the, the economic drama that has, uh, has kind of plagued Europe for the last number of years, it was really tough for him to compete. 
so he saw an opportunity to basically combine forces, and we basically uh, acquired the company from him and stayed on, and and uh, Tony and I work very closely together. I kind of do in the U.S. what he does in Europe, and uh, so the brand is obviously just one that, that we that we brought in. And you know, originally we only planned on selling it in Europe. It's, it's an established brand. You see it uh, if you watch any of the MXGP. Uh, we, we are already a dominant brand there. We've won a number of titles uh, throughout Europe. Um, we've already won the MX2 Italian uh, 2015 National Championship with Tim Gotcher. And uh, David Phillip Hartz wears the helmet. He's a, he was a 2008 uh, MXGP, MX1 world champ. Uh, we've got several other uh, high-profile people in different series. Uh, we, we do Speedway. We have the number one uh, Speedway uh, uh, rider, pilot, whatever you want to call him, uh, this little Spanish guy named Paco Costanza, and he's super fast. And uh, he's won world championships. We are uh, the reigning, uh, two-time reigning uh, world champion for Supermoto. Uh, Ivan Lazzarini, uh, who's probably one of the most famous uh, Supermoto uh, riders in the in the world, uh, has worn the helmet since uh, since the brand launched in, in uh, 2011. So uh, we've 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 been very dominant in Europe, and we. When we acquired the brand, we brought some samples to the U.S. and we had a trade show right around the time the announcement came. So we put some product on display, and uh, people started to freak out. They realized that it didn't look like everybody else's, you know, California-based uh, motocross brands. And if you really look at most of the U.S. companies that that build MX product. They all have kind of the same look vibe. You know, it doesn't matter whose name is on the shelf. They kind of have a squared off back. They have kind of a stubby chin. And it's just kind of the, the, I guess you would call it the American style or the North American style. And um, when when a couple of years ago we started to notice Iro uh, really starting to make inroads in the U.S., we thought, well, maybe we ought to, take a stab at doing this. So we put some product out on display and people mistook it for that brand. <laughs> they, they thought, is this, you know, is this made by Iro? And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is a separate brand altogether. And uh, so very quickly, you know, the buzz, you know, you know, caught on and, and we started to do more and more uh, products, uh, you know, in the U.S. or the U.S. So we now have, uh, both the full carbon shell, the J12, and then we just recently launched an injection molded, a little bit more affordable version, uh, we call the Everyman helmet, called the J32. And the cool thing about that helmet is it's three outer shell sizes, and it comes in nine total sizes, including three little kids' sizes. So, yeah, you know, the the U.S. market in particular, I can't really speak to the Canadian market as much, uh, but the U.S. market, the, the bulk of the business, the bulk of the competition, let me rephrase that, is in the, you know, 69 to $99 U.S. dollar range. And because of that, 
You know, everybody's product tends to look and feel the same. So by doing this new little kid's helmet, uh, we've, we've incorporated the, the neck brace ready profile. Uh, it's even got the emergency release, uh, you know, uh, straps in the cheek area like a high-end helmet should and, and normally would. So, you know, having those features on a, you know, sub $200 uh, helmet is, is pretty wild in and of itself, but then to do it in a little kid's version, uh, the thing is just completely uh, taking over right now. I'm really curious to see what Loretta's and Minio's and, and, and looking like later on this year because I think that, uh, you know, especially on those 50s and 65s, this, this, this helmet's going to be the, the affordable helmet of choice. Oh, I totally agree, uh, especially with uh, having younger kids. Um, just the, the benefit to having a helmet that, uh, protects properly at such a young age when the the brain like the, at any age the brain is important, uh, but ensuring mm-hmm. that uh, the kids are are maximum protected and that the helmet is also uh, working uh, in conjunction with with a neck brace, which most uh, governing bodies have actually made neck braces mandatory for uh, youth riders. I know here mm-hmm. in Manitoba that's the case. Yep. Yeah, you're seeing you know the the debate on whether a, a neck brace. It's helpful or, or, or harmful, you know, is, is raging right now in the U.S. But I, I can tell you that I've seen firsthand uh, neck brace uh, do its job. So, you know, I, I don't want to start a politics and religion discussion on neck braces. But I, the cool thing about the shell is that it works equally well either way. And while, you know, personally, I, I wear a brace. Uh, I know a lot of my buddies won't, and you know they they can they claim whatever you know their reasoning is, and that's fine. This shell works equally well either way because it's got giant clavicle cutout areas, you know that that help to you know keep the helmet from basically snapping your your clavicle uh, if you do go down sideways. And it's on a little kid that's such a developing, growing area you know, on, on a child's body that anywhere in and around the shoulders, uh, you know, how many times have you seen, you know, a, a little kid go down and the, I've seen the helmet actually cause the break. So, you know, by having this, this super aggressive uh, base of the helmet profile where it's got a curvature out and up, uh, there's a lot of clavicle relief. And, and the other thing that it does, because it's got those big flares, is that it's a lot easier to get on that kid's head. You know, having done this as long as I have, I, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a dealership and, you know, watched someone in the parts department try to put a, you know, a, a helmet on a little kid who's never worn one before, and then the screaming starts because they're they're more freaked out about, you know, their ears feeling like they're going to get ripped off than they are about whether mom and dad can find a helmet that fits them totally. and this helmet's so much easier to kind of roll it on uh, because it, it flares out uh, wide and then you can focus on the crown area of the helmet uh, to make sure that it fits and you know we we do everything we can to to teach uh, and reteach in some cases uh, parts managers and parts department employees how to properly fit a helmet and uh, you know, it's been 
it's been very enlightening with with this new project just to see how many uh, moms and dads, you know, use the well, he'll grow into it excuse for a helmet. But you know, yeah, I mean, it's, I could see that with a pair of shoes or even riding boots. But yeah, not on a helmet. That's yeah, you know, that's something you really don't want to take any chances with. So, but you know, that's uh, I think that that's probably the same everywhere. It's it's just a misunderstanding of how important the device truly is. Well, absolutely. Uh, as far as especially as far as a helmet size, I know I've worked in uh, uh, with the ski industry sizing uh, helmets and and hockey industry selling helmets uh, at, at local retail stores. And all too often, the parents are like, "Well, he goes through a helmet every year. We want to hopefully like is uh, like can we adjust this like helmet out?" And like some of those some of those helmets are adjustable. Motocross helmets are not, but nevertheless, you always want to have the most optimal fit for the size of the cranium right out of the box. And, um, like, I know we talked about it on, on Friday. It's, it's a lot like, uh, if you're, uh, if you stop abruptly or if you, you, you bring yourself to a controlled stop, you're, you're helping your brain a lot better when you're not, uh, basically, um, how, 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 basically how I explained it to parents is like, okay, back your car up from a tent, uh, from a concrete wall, 10 feet, drive at it. What happens? All right. Now press your bumper mm-hmm. against that wall and hit the gas. What happens? So, yep. how does how does like what type of technology and what type of development have, have just one developed to aid the the like less concussions? That's a good, sure. It's a great question, and I think it's one that's on everybody's mind, maybe more so than ever before. And you know, I I'd love to tell you that that we were the only ones doing anything new and unique uh, uh, regarding you know forward-thinking, you know, helmet technology, but there are a lot of good companies doing things right now that are, that are different and unique, trying to find ways to, to, you know, basically improve on, you know, to to truly build a better mousetrap. And, you know, going back a couple of years, you know, what, what guys like Bob Weber and, and Robert Reisinger have done with 6D has, you know, they've got a great product, uh, and they've they've done a great job, more so than, than even the helmet. I think they've done a great job of kind of pushing the industry to think differently. You know, prior to that, it's pretty hard to walk up and down the you know the pits at a at a race in the U.S. And if you were lucky enough to get close to a rider's helmet, every single one of them was a Snell DOT helmet. Yes, sir. And I'm not trying to make this a uh, another uh, political rant on you know which homologation standard is is the best. It's, that's really not it. But what I'll tell you is, with 6D coming to market, and with IRO coming to the U.S., and with us now here, uh, we've you're starting to see a monumental shift away from Snell rated only exclusively. Uh, to now where you're seeing a lot more ECE product than ever before. And as you mentioned, it really is just, it's two ways of skinning a cat. You know, the Snell standard, you know, among other uh, things, is, is, is set so that, you know, it's designed to, to take uh, a hit directly in the same spot twice. You know, the type of 
crashes that, that typically happen, you know, with a with an MX helmet versus maybe say a, a straight line top fuel, you know, har- a drag Harley are the very different. Yeah. And you know, when you're going 180 miles an hour and you crash versus when you're 40 feet in the air and you miss, you know, you miscalculate and you're about to do a yard sale, um, you know, or you you hit a tabletop, you know, you never and, crash the same way know, twice. Exactly. My point, my, my my point being that when you crash, you're typically hitting once, and then you're dragging or you're rolling. Yeah. So what we what we've tried to do with just one, among other things, is when when Tony started developing the the helmet, he worked with uh, he worked with a, a orthopedic surgeon named Alberto Gabi. Uh, in, in Italy, and the name is probably not familiar to any of your listeners. It wasn't to me until I Googled his name and realized that he was one of the patent holders for one of the first chest protector designs. And then I realized that, you know, here's this guy, you know, going back 30 years, he's been trying to help, you know, pro riders, uh, you know, keep from needing his services. Uh, and, and so what they've, what they set out to do is, you know, there's a lot of really good helmets on the market that will keep you from sustaining a brain injury, depending on the type of impact you have. But to the best of my knowledge, no other helmet company has ever tried to make a helmet that could keep you from needing it. And, and that's really what, what they started, you know, as the baseline for trying to do something new and different. Uh, like I said before, there's a lot of really cool technology right now for uh, anti-shear, uh, which means that, you know, when the when the helmet hits, it's usually, you know, that's only part of the, the impact. What happens next is a lot of times, you know, the helmet will actually drag and, you know, you, you want some sort of flex in there so that, you know, you're, you know, once the impact is sustained, you can, you know, you don't continue to do more damage, uh, you know, with, with, a, with a side, you know, sheer impact where, you know, where you've got some sort of an orbital force. So we attack that a little bit differently, and I'll, I'll get into that here in a second. But more importantly than that, I think what we've tried to do is incorporate the front of the helmet so that you can eliminate frontal whiplash I mean, we were all taught at a young age or whenever you got on a bike the first time that you go where you look. So if you're looking out over and you're pinned, you know, so you're, you know, you're, you know, running through a, a field in in June in in uh, somewhere outside of Winnipeg and, and you're in a straightaway and you're pinned in fifth gear, you're probably going, depending on the bike, you know, 50, 60 miles an hour. And that feels pretty fast on a, on a dirt bike. And if you're looking out, but you hit a washout and the bike has some weird recoil and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, if, if your, you know, your head whips back and then it whips forward, your eyes are no longer focused on what's out in front of you. You're more likely at that point uh, for something bad to happen because you, you're not looking where you're going. Right you're more likely at that point to have that crash. I mean, we've all done it. Um, you know, I had one last summer that uh, it's kind of laughable now because I wasn't going very fast. But, I mean, it's the same deal. 
And, you know, when you wear a neck brace with this helmet design, the frontal portion of that whip stops because the, the helmet essentially has what, what we kind of jokingly call a cow pusher. You know, some of the athletes that looked at this thing, why is the chin so big? Because it looks huge. I mean, it looks like a, you know, it looks like a really. Um, it's predominant, yeah. It's it's it, it's huge, and you know I don't know whether or not to uh, say the word I was going to, but uh, not not knowing uh, how young your your your. Oh, uh, I don't think I have too many young listeners, and it's internet it. radio, so. Go All for right. It. Well, I'll say it then. It looks like it looks like a pissed off European helmet because it's got a bigger chin, it's more pronounced, and it looks really aggressive. You know, it kind of has that Darth Vader vibe to it, and you know the 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 you know once I explain to to a guy why it has that and what that's meant to do and what it truly does, then the light bulb goes on. It's like, Oh, now I get it. So what we've done is that that helmet comes to about a 30 degree point that at three separate spots on the very front. So if you set it on a layout or an Atlas or um, an Alpen stars or an EVS for, you know, you name the brace, it doesn't matter. They all have a pronounced flat spot and over the uh, sternum. And this, this helmet's designed to basically come to a flat position so that you're not going all the way to your chest um, with, a, with a helmet that, you know, has more of a, a straightened off front end. You know, we've, we've done some, some comparison shots with several of the, of the other top brands, and it's, it's amazing how much more um, free uh, moving they, they allow in, you know, fr- you know toward the front of the, uh, you know, of your chest. And, you know, every bit of that eliminates your, your ability to stay focused on what is out in front of you. So that's the first thing. Uh, the other thing that we've done, I mean, I, mean, I know you haven't had a chance to actually have one on your head, but, you know, the first thing you'll say is that, Oh my gosh, I can't believe how light this thing is. You know, it's a different, you know, it's a different type of, uh, layup than than what you know an american company would use on um, the outer shell our shell is thinner there are more pronounced ridges in it and what those do is they keep the they keep the shell very rigid without having to be thick yet very very exactly very very lightweight and because it's a full carbon shell it's very very hard it's, you know, it's essentially it's it's the same technology that goes into a formula one helmet it's uh it's you know we have a very soft and pillowy EPS material that actually eliminates the need for multi-density you know foam laid on laid on top of you know other layers and glued together. We've actually incorporated these really really deep channels that actually act as crumple zones. And the other thing that they do is they eliminate surface to surface friction. And going back to what I said before about the you know, orbital injuries or, or shear impacts by eliminating parts of, you know, essentially almost a third of the EPS around the crown of the helmet, we've, we've eliminated the surface area so that the, the, uh, the comfort liner has less uh, EPS to, to brush up against, meaning that in the event of an impact, you know, you'll, you're, after, you, after you, you know, if you do crash, you know, there's there's less inhibiting uh, foam 
that that will keep the helmet from from moving a little bit because you do once you crash you want the ability to not have it you know stay stationary so that you can't move it ever so slightly because while y'all you know while it's very important to to have a helmet that fits snug it's also very important you know studies are, are showing this now that in the event of a crash like like this especially a header you know if if the helmet can move ever so slightly it does slow your brain's uh stopping against the side of your skull down and if that you can uh, can either minimize the effects of a of a traumatic head injury or maybe even eliminate uh any kind of a concussion then we're doing our job so uh so the helmet has a lot of different technology built into it. These these deep channels that run through the crown also do a great job of airflow. And That's good. Uh, you know, desert desert riding it's it's really really noticeable. It's got nine intakes on the front of the shell that actually uh, you know do a phenomenal job of of creating a venturi uh, effect out the up top rear where the actually where the helmet was a slight vacuum actually created i bet philip arts is enjoying that uh on saturday then yeah yep (laughs) it's pretty hot in thailand there (laughs) go ahead though well you know i i saw some photos of of david after the race and uh i mean just like everybody else i mean david said this is the hottest race it's the hottest riding he's ever taken part in Hmm. You know, and, and for uh, you know, for FIM to actually shorten the second moto by five minutes, that's a pretty major uh, uh, thing to do. So, oh yeah, they had yeah, two fifty guys that wouldn't even go out. Yep, Dixie wouldn't go exactly. out. Exactly. Yep. So, <laughs> but uh, like getting back to um, like the, the the investment in the helmet, like uh, just curious, uh, yeah. the 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 J twelve and the J thirty two retail for for what? Uh, in the U.S., you can find a J12, uh, like in a solid white, solid black, you know, painted for around $400 U.S. Uh, I think in, you know, comparable, uh, you know, with, you know, I know the exchange rates can vary, but you'll probably find comparable pricing uh, in Canada as well. Uh, and so with, with a full carbon shell all the way across the board on the J12, the only real difference you're going to pay for is, is paint. So, you know, in the 450 to $500 range, you'll see some of the other graphics. Like the one that Baggett was wearing at Daytona is a brand new one that they're just now releasing in Europe. We won't see it in the U.S. until probably mid-year. Okay. Uh, the way that Europe does its product introductions is, is kind of staggered six months off of when we do it. We'll show it, but then it won't become available like You'll see everybody's 2016 year starting, you know, in another, you know, oh yeah, two months on the fly does the same thing. Every, yeah. So you know we uh, we're, we we have to play the same, you know, <laughs> we play the same. So we, now we have tons and tons of you know customers, you know, calling us asking us for this new helmet. You know, the the uh, European markets needed Baggett wearing this helmet so they could put it in the new ad. And, uh, you know, here in the U.S., uh, people are asking when they're going to get it. And we have to tell them, well, sorry, it's, you know, it's four or five months at the earliest before we'll see it. So, um, so, 
so in the four, you know, four fifty to five hundred dollar range, you'll see more of the exposed carbon or really cool painted graphics. There's a ton of graphics. Not everything is available worldwide, but uh, you know, we have one global catalog, one global website, one global Facebook page, one global, you know, Instagram page. So we we try to work within, you know knowing that some of our limitations are, are based on geography and, and uh, also uh, what what people in one part of the world will think is cool may not be what other people think is cool. <laughs> so there's, you know, there's graphics in the new catalog that we'll never, ever have in the U.S. and vice versa. There are things that we will do in the U.S. that, you know, people in Europe will just scratch their heads and wonder why would they do that. Are you so, trying to say the Union Jack's not going to be a hot seller in the States? You know, I can't really think of anywhere outside of the UK where that helmet fits, you know. I mean, if it was a street bike lid, totally different. I think that, you know, you ride an old Triumph or a BFA or a Norton or whatever. But, yeah, on on MX, yeah, that's it's got a pretty limited uh, placement. All right, guys. All right, guys. All right, guys. It's time for a commercial. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable, sweat-absorbing liner, and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. So, what do you think of Rich Taylor? Lighter than air and stronger than steel. So what that means is it can move much faster. 2014 X-Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter-X, Volcano and Phantom Goggle, X-Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X-Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. What's up guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist. Suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. 
he's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Gordon has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown rebuild on your forks or, or shock, call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722. But uh, here, here's where I was going with the the price point is that uh, this last summer I had uh, basically yeah I had a, I had a whiplash uh, crash where I ended up high siding hit the low, hit my lower back and then snapped my 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 back of my head on the ground about as hard as you can yeah. in in my uh, the helmet that I uh, that I've chosen before uh, before running into you guys mm-hmm. and uh, the very next day I went to work and uh, I was like just not myself. I was, I uh, was working an inside sales job and I would try and make phone calls and forget who I was calling mid dial. And, uh, so I was, I had a concussion and, uh, if I had been my regular job of laying bricks, uh, I wouldn't have been able to collect any, uh, I, w- I wouldn't have gotten paid for that day. Like a day that you sit home is a day yeah. you don't work. Uh, so, and yep. if I would have missed the first two days of the week, well, that's, uh, you can probably estimate what a bricklayer makes. That's, uh, that, that would pay for a brand new helmet. So, uh, with you guys, so if, if buying a helmet with you guys allows me to go to work for two days at the beginning of a week, it's already paid for itself. So like in in that respect, um, like when some people balk at a certain price point or something like that, $500, if, if that allows you to go to work this week or it allows you to use your legs for the rest of your life, worthy investment. Yep, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right, and you know it's uh, it never ceases to amaze me uh, how people will crash in a helmet and then wear the same helmet. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I I admit I'm spoiled because of what I do, and my garage has more helmets than than anything else. You know, probably more tool. I have probably more helmets than tools. So, um, but you know, it's, it truly is the case. I mean, it's an insurance policy and, you know, without trying to, you know, turn into, you know, fear sale guy, you know, there's, there's, there's a, there's a lot to be said for what an ER trip costs in the U S I, you know, I know that uh, our our healthcare systems are a little bit different between uh, the U S and Canada, but you know, a, a trip to the ER in the U S is a lot more than, you could buy about a half dozen of our helmets or any other high-end helmet uh, for, what the, for what one trip to the ER is going to run you. Yeah, we just ours is free. We just wait for 12 hours. <laughs> gotcha. Well, you know, 12 hours with a concussion, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, if there's a blood clot involved, that, uh, you know, that's be, pretty yeah. bad. So. No kidding. Uh, how has the uh, North American community the motocross community embraced the helmet uh, at first i gotta admit first thing i saw when i when i saw armando fair post a picture of it back when he was he- attending minios this last fall is like that is one interesting looking helmet like, it just looks different it's got that euro look sure. to it like i, I right out the hop i'm like that's got to be european yep. and um so like how have people uh, embraced it and uh, and by that by that uh, point, a lot of them are already wearing a, a competitor's helmet. Sure. How do you pull them over to you guys? 
Well, the you know, I'll I'll I'll, I'll actually answer those as two separate uh, answers because the, absolutely <laughs> early on, uh, I will admit it's it's kind of funny to watch how people react, especially online. You know, we we a friend of mine uh, is the uh, is the founder and publisher for Moto Playground magazine. He lives here in the same town that I do. We live about a ten minute drive from each other. And, uh, you know, I brought one to his office, and he freaked out. He thought this thing was the coolest-looking helmet he'd ever seen. So he posted photos on, on Moto Playground's Instagram and Facebook pages to just get a, you know, to kind of take the temperature of his average reader. And the, I would say it was about two-thirds very positive and about a third absolutely hated it. Yeah, and, the, and like the polar opposite, not yeah, just like, I kind of don't like no, it. No, it's ah. yeah. Yep. So there's no, you know, when you see it in a one-dimensional photograph, there's there's no in-between. However, when you sit it down side by side with, you know, any of the brands, you know, that, that you know, that are prominent in the U.S., it it will suddenly kind of beg you to pick it up because it does look so different. And you you immediately you flip the thing over, and you look at the way that it's constructed. And you start to see how detail oriented uh, the design process was in this shell, and how every angle and every detail is is designed to complement and fit together or to serve a purpose. And it's not to say that other helmets don't do that, because most of them do. But when when you start to see that detail work. It, it really begins to, as an inanimate an object, tell the story about why it looks the way that it does. Then, you know, after you pick it up and you then pick up the other helmet sitting down by it and you notice that it's 20% lighter, that's when people start to, you know, kind of thaw out a little bit. And if you can get them to put it on their head, it's over. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, is it, is Subjective as it is to say this, I think it's one of the most comfortable helmets ever built for MX. And the eye port on this thing is so big that I haven't been able to find any goggle that that won't fit in it. And, you know, there's some pretty big, you know, oversized goggles. And, you know, the, the air brake is Those just done. And... Yeah. And this thing, it accepts all of them. And, the peripheral uh, vision that you have when you're wearing this thing, and if you sit your arms straight out, you know, from, you know, at your side, uh, you will, you'll be able to see, you know, your fingertips or your thumbs uh, on both sides at the same time because the helmet won't obstruct that, that view. So you know, that's the, the big thing that people really start to, they go, oh, okay, I get it. And then if you look at some of the smaller details, like the, the removable, uh, the snap out door on the peak that is that is there for for two reasons. It's it's there to because it, you know, it alleviates uh, you know airflow. It, it'll it'll uh, promote about 20% more airflow. And we've wind tunnel tested the design. And, and the other thing that it does is it diffuses wind up and over. So you can instead of having to mount a GoPro or a you know, any kind of an action camera, you know, dead center top of the helmet pitched at a 30 degree angle downward so that when you're watching the playback, you've got 30% of your peak at the bottom of the screen. 
you know, unless you're sponsored by Red Bull and you want to see that, that logo on, on the peak, you know, most people want to see like a line of sight view on playback. So by having the, the action cameras sit right there in the front of the helmet, you know, you've got the base of the action camera. You can adjust the peak so that it sits right there at the top of it. And then, you know, at speed, you know, going back to that, you know, 55 mile an hour, you know, you know, straight away, you know, in Winnipeg in the summertime, you know, if, if you've ever watched playback on a GoPro, uh, you know, at speed, I mean, you get this awful, awful sound where you don't even hear the revving of the engine. You don't hear the ambient noise from the tires or, or anything. All you hear is like, it sounds like crumpled up paper. You know, it, you know, it's just, it's awful. So what this peak does is it actually diffuses air so that it actually goes up and over the microphone so that you actually hear more of, you know, the ambient noise from the bike, you know, revving. You know, a lot of times when you're watching playback, you're not even sure what gear you're in because you can't really hear the engine. This gives you a lot more uh, uh, ability to, to, to kind of decipher you know, what you're doing, especially if, if you're, you know, if, if you're doing this for practice purposes. So, I mean, it really can be, you know, a helpful training tool. Absolutely. And, and, uh, you guys have been, you've, you've, you've put some thought into that as far as, uh, like the practice and, and the social media side of things. That's, uh, for people to post out their videos, that's, uh, that should be committed. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we, we look at, uh, social media as, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, you know, if people don't like your product, you know, it's, uh, it's going to become apparent. And we've, you know, we've been ridiculed to, you know, you know, by the, uh, the typical 13, 14 year old who's never really been on a bike, you know, who, who, you just, who just knows, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, the big four brands that, that, that advertise the most. And, uh, you know, but, but to the average guy or gal who have worn, you know, these other brands, they'll pick this helmet up and, and, and they'll begin to see why we've done what we've done. You don't even have to explain it that much. And then they, they wear it and, and it's over. And, you know, talking to guys that have crashed, I mean, I don't know if you saw uh, the Monster Energy Cup back in uh, October of last year. You know, that was Baggett's first race in the helmet. And, you know, he the first two motos, he was, you know, top five, top 10. He was, he ran really, really well. And then he and Barsha got tangled up fairly early in that third moto. And, uh, uh, that helmet, uh, caught the bottom of Barsha's, uh, uh, bike pretty hard. And, uh, you know, I saw that, I saw the helmet after the crash and, you know, no concussion, no nothing. And, you know, I'm not going to mention, you know, anything other than, you know, Barsha about two weeks later had a very, very similar crash happen to him in Europe. And he spent some time in the hospital because of it. So I think, you know, we, we build a really good product and, and uh, you know, the way that we've designed the shell to work with the really, really soft EPS is, is different than a lot of the designs here. So I, it's, I think it's worthy of a, of a look. And, you know, it's not to say that 
you know, one helmet is any better than the other because there's a lot of really good technology and a lot of really good, uh, you know, brands on the market. And the fact is, most of the helmets are made by a very, very small number of factories. So uh, there's a lot of similarities you'll see from one design to the next. So, you know, that that said, I, I think that, you know, you know, please please check the helmets out. You know, the distributor in... Uh, in, in Canada is, is Gamma Sales, and I know that they're setting up dealerships all, all throughout uh, Canada and uh, in the United States. Tuckeraki is the distributor in the United States for, for the car okay. sale. So, and uh, there's actually a, there is a local like if you're listening here in Winnipeg, uh, Capital Motorsports they do uh, they they order through Tuckeraki, so uh, that's available to us as well. Very good. I said I'd take you for 35 to 40 minutes. It's been an hour, and uh, in my opinion, this was the absolutely uh, comprehensive, uh, basically a product knowledge meeting uh, between yourself and, and my listeners to educate them on uh, on the brand itself, uh, and, and hopefully they give you guys a shot. I hope that uh, the, the Big MX listeners uh, have listened to this. They are now educated, informed, and can make a, a, better, a better decision next time they need a brand new helmet. Awesome. I, Brad, I can't thank you enough for inviting us on. We're stoked to, to be part of it. Hey, I appreciate you, my friend. Uh, it was a great talk. Uh, and um, just look forward to working with you going forward. Best of luck to, to uh, your everyone who was wearing your helmets, uh, from, from Blake Baggett to Vicky Golden to Armando Fair, uh, who we're going to have on the show later this week uh, to uh, to once again sing your praises. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll say goodbye for now so you can get back to your work day uh, down there in uh, yeah. Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, and uh, yeah, by, on behalf of myself and the Big MX crew, thank you so much for taking some time. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.